construction work near Lopnor, and back had come his reward. The Germans had reports that people in that area were dying horrible deaths. He told all this to Kessler. My gut tells me that the Chinese have been up to something near Lopnor, Andrews blurted out. Kessler encouraged him to come back after a week to authenticate what his gut had told him. Kessler was not one to put any stock in hunches. Jason picked up a little more and, a week later, passed it on to Kessler. National Security Agency intercepts had detected a surge of cell phone use southwest of the Lopnor testing area. From what the eavesdroppers could make out, some local people had been speaking a Turkic language. Some of the words were death and bomb. The NSA intercepts also included encrypted Chinese military communication, indicating that a high-ranking general and his entourage had visited the area. Liza analyzed another set of images, which she described as indicating a great deal of funeral activity among the monuments in the walled graveyards outside three villages near Lop Nor. "'Here's how I figure it, Mr. Secretary.' Andrews said, concluding his off-the-record twenty minutes with Kessler. I figure there was a test, small-scale, maybe a test of their version of the small W-88 warhead they stole from us. Maybe something went wrong. Kessler gave Andrews the green light to pursue his instincts offline and not report it through channels. Running it through the bevy of analysts at the DIA was always the kiss of death— there were so many graybeards that would demand evidence, something far more tangible than my gut tells me that the Chinese are cheating or pulling a fast one on us. Facts, Andrews, the secretary had said. I want facts. Once he had facts in hand, he could persuade Secretary Kessler that we had caught them with their hands in the nuclear cookie jar, and that would convince their apologists at the United Nations that it was time to impose sanctions on them. Well, the facts said that something was not right. Jason had managed to get a peek at a highly classified report showing that at least one CIA analyst suspected that a secret underground test may have been conducted. The report said that several hundred people from a Uyghur village near Lop Nor had been killed or hospitalized with radiation poisoning. He then looked up what the DIA had on the Uyghurs. They spoke a Turkic language and were Muslims. They lived in the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, which was nearly as big as Alaska. The United States had declared the Uyghurs terrorists, which in China's view they certainly were. A Uyghur movement which would make Xinjiang an independent nation named Eastern Turkestan had inspired many clashes between Chinese security forces and Uyghurs. The victims of whatever happened seemed to have been Uyghurs. He added that to his briefing of Kessler. Sure, the report about the possible nuclear test was single-sourced, a source he could not cite, but to get more, Kessler had to push buttons. The Navy's sniffer aircraft could not get near Xinjiang, they had been pushed offshore even further into international waters by the Chinese MiG aircraft. There had to be a way to contact German intelligence to send an agent, maybe a missionary or archaeologist undercover, to Lop Nor, gather some soil samples, and possibly interview some of the Uyghurs to confirm what was happening. 
He glanced at his watch. 5.30 a.m. here, 11.30 there. He decided to fire off an encrypted email to his German contact, Christoph Stiller, before going off for a jog. Jason liked to jog with Liza along the Mount Vernon Trail that paralleled the Potomac River and the George Washington Parkway. It was two days before another jogger found Jason and Liza's bodies. A soft-nosed twenty-two caliber bullet had entered his right temple and exploded in his skull. A similar caliber bullet had shredded Liza's heart. The National Park Service concluded that a deranged shooter had picked a target at random, much like the two snipers who had terrorized the Washington area several years earlier. People who used the path were urged to be cautious. Washington For Secretary of Defense Thomas H. Kessler and other major Washington news sources, Sunday mornings meant either being on one of the talk shows or watching them. On this Sunday, Kessler was in the kitchen of his manorial home in a Virginia suburb of Washington. Perched on a high stool at the marble island that curved through the room, he nibbled on half a bagel lathered with cream cheese and watched Meet the Press. Tim Russert had managed to snag Joseph Prager, President Jefferson's national security advisor. Well, not snagged, exactly. Prager, Kessler knew, was on Meet the Press because he wanted to handle the Taiwan thing, as he called the issue that he and Kessler had been wrestling with. And so when the assistant producer of Meet the Press asked for the Secretary of Defense, the White House communications handlers had deftly intercepted the invitation and offered Prager as a real catch. Well, Mr. Prager, Russert said, Let's start with Taiwan. Is the United States planning to rattle China's cage by giving Patriot anti-missile weapons to Taiwan? Let me make one important point, Tim, Prager began. The Patriot Three is not on the table yet. Yet, Kessler repeated, smiling and shaking his head. Pure Prager, he thought, tantalizing the truth. Kessler picked up his coffee cup. Suddenly... His hand began shaking. He'd never felt so tired. The cup fell to the white tile floor and shattered. He heard a long, yowling cry and looked across the kitchen to see Sheba, the old black cat, stagger in. Her shrieks were echoed by her old mate, Grayfur, making banshee yowls somewhere in the house. Kessler started coughing a wet, hacking cough that ripped through his body. He coughed so hard that he could hardly breathe. His throat burned with a greater pain than he had ever known. He stood and turned toward the sink. He needed water, but he could not make his feet move. Now he was shaking all over, and a hot, vile-tasting fluid rose from his stomach. He was gagging. Blood was running from his mouth and nose. His body began heaving as he threw up, strands of blood glistening in his vomit. His bowels opened, and a warm, stinking mess ran down his right leg. Then he fell, the left side of his face slamming down on the shards of porcelain. He summoned enough strength to scream. He could hear Gertrude calling his name again and again, Tom, Tom, Doc Gert, he remembered, for his brain still worked. Gertrude Kessler 
M.D., who so loved to bring babies into this world. Then she was there, kneeling at his side, pressing her hands on his chest, then pressing her lips on his mouth, giving him breath, giving him breath. As she tried to bring back his flickering life, she knew what was happening inside the body of the man she had loved for thirty years. She recognized the symptoms immediately. Two recent anthrax poisonings had been plastered all over the front pages and the evening news. Anthrax. Dr. Kessler stood and reached for the phone on the wall. When she dialed 911, the numbers appeared on the screen of a console in the gatehouse, where members of Kessler's security detail stayed when he was home. Two men wielding MP5s burst out of the building and ran up the half-circle of the driveway. In here! Gertrude Kessler shouted. Help me move him. They came in, their eyes and guns scanning the room. For God's sake, put down the guns and help me get him on the couch, she said, pointing toward the hall that led to Kessler's study. Don't worry, Sam. We're all inoculated. But Tom wasn't. Washington Michael Patrick Santini squeezed between a network anchorman and an aerospace lobbyist in the fifth row of pews, listened to the noble words of eulogies rolling through the great nave of the National Cathedral. The subject of the eulogies, Thomas H. Kessler, had been Secretary of Defense for a little over two years. Odd, Santini thought now, all these words of tribute pouring out. No one spoke of murder or evil, because none of the speakers wanted to tell the truth, if any of them knew it. Bloggers had spread the false report. Kessler had caught anthrax from sick cattle on his Montana ranch. That report had been picked up by the conventional media, who pointed out that the death by anthrax was accidental.